Hello, welcome to our podcast. Hi, it's Jen. And hi, it's Tim. And we're shooting to be back again. <laughs> you know, Jen and I have been sitting so many mornings and having our conversations. And at the end of the conversation, we look at each other and say, oh, my God, we should have just recorded that conversation. <laughs> we have been thirsting for these podcasts because we enjoy so much our conversations, our discussions, talking about topic upon topic and of course now it's been a while since our last podcast and we have about 75 more topics that we have to add <laughs> on and get to at some point and we even did a few like um half podcasts and then didn't end up publishing them yeah. you know because we've been kind of all over the place but um but we have some great communications yeah and, and we that, learn so much that's a perfect segue into today's totally. topic is is communication um, you know, we were going back and forth about how communication, you know, is between multiple people, between ourselves, you know, and how healing it is. Um, and I just want to uh, read a quote from Rollo May. He's an existential psychologist um, back in the 70s and 80s. <clears throat> and it's communication leads to community. That is to understanding, intimacy and mutual valuing. Um, And I I think it is so important for us to really recognize how important appropriate communication is to the healing process in relationship. You know, like we were talking about this morning, sitting on the bed and, you know, saying how we're trying to build friendships because growing up in the households that we had, there really wasn't a healthy environment to be around to understand the interaction between people, the intimacy. Mm. For me, my parents did not have friends over. There was never that fact of sitting at the table and having, you know, the neighbors over or people from church at the time or there wasn't that community. Yeah. You know, so when it came down to communication, it was what we had in the family. And as I've discussed in other podcasts, it was so unhealthy. There was no resolution. There was no talking about problems. But it's that communication that is so important to resolve situations, to understand, to get to know each other. Communication at its basic forms, even taking a look going back to, you know, the caveman and Neanderthals, a simple grunt was a, an understanding of a specific thing that you yeah. were hungry or that you wanted something where now we have verbiage, we have words, we have, you know, sign language, and yet... I struggle so hard to communicate. Yeah, definitely one thing I was thinking about as I was listening to you is, you know, how growing up in a dysfunctional, you know, household and a dysfunctional family really forms the way we communicate. Yeah. And, you know, um, you get so used to it and you think it is you. You think it is who you are. You think it is, you know, your personality, you know, and it isn't until you actually take a look at it and say oh yeah like this doesn't serve me anymore and you know I'm really gonna have to take a look at this and you know start to pick it apart and realize that it was really just a building of coping you know so my passive aggressiveness which is you know really you know um common I would say in my world anyway I see it out in the world quite a bit um it's probably a very you know pretty common coping as you know we've all heard that phrase passive aggressiveness 
as a way of communication. Yeah. And I look at, you know, certain, you know, friendships that I've had over the years and how that became more normal to me because that's what I was comfortable with. And, you know, it wasn't until you and I were having such great communication and opening up and speaking about how we felt that you said to me, um, and this was pretty recently, even though I feel like I've been working on the passive aggressiveness to a point, I didn't realize how deep it was, Yeah, you know, and you had said, I really feel like that was passive aggressive. Do you remember that was like, yeah, maybe last year. Yeah. It really wasn't that long ago. And I said, you know, I really want to take a look at that. I really want to take a look at that. And I said, I'm going to get back to you, you know, and I really, you know, looked at it for a couple of days. And then when I got back to you, I said, I just want to tell you that you're right. Like, I feel like that was passive aggressive and I'm going to really start paying attention, you know, because in the moment I didn't think it was at all. Yeah. And this is something that yeah. I've been actually working on, you know, for a long time, the passive aggressiveness. I could notice in other people, like, no problem. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. No. But in myself, how deep it was. And um, that was a really pivotal moment for me, you yeah. know, and, and our relationship as well, because I just started to bring that to the consciousness. So then when I was, and then I just stayed in that place and just worked on that. Like, I kind of focused on it. And that gave me the ability to look at what I was, you know, saying to you and how I was communicating with you on a much deeper level, you know, on a pretty consistent basis and really checking myself thinking, you know, for me, I, you know, how I dealt with it and how I worked it out is I started to go to the um, intent of what I was saying. And this is something that has really helped me in my life. Intent. I don't know if we have talked about it, so about good. the Wisdom of Sundays, you know, the book uh, that Oprah Winfrey put together, and um, how really looking at the intention of what I'm doing and what I'm saying changed my life, yeah. you know, as well. So yeah. that's how I ended up working on, you know, that part, that passive-aggressive communication. And I started to really look at the intent of what I was saying and what I was feeling, you know, and then how I communicated that to you. Um, and I don't know, do you want to talk about, do you feel like it's made a difference? I mean, I know it's probably, you know, going on about a year or so now that that had happened. Um, but what do you think? You know, I know a lot of times you've said to me, like, you know, I really see that it has gotten, you know, your progress. Yeah, absolutely. And when we do communicate <clears throat> about certain things, um, I feel when I just like look at myself and analyze myself that I've almost been able to really break some of those habits that absolutely. we don't even realize aren't who yeah. we are. I know, think and how I, we communicate. The growth is, is tremendous and, and it really is so important that this is that communication inside of self being able to recognize it. You had expressed something. I let you know communication-wise how it made me feel. Yeah. And when I thought about it, wow, inside of you, I'm going to take a look at that. You started to communicate with yourself as Good to point. why. Yes. And this is, this Total, is exactly what I was talking about. That. And that is yeah. so important yeah. where you got honest, you got real. Yeah. But if we don't have communication between each other, there's no way that you would ever feel that. You know, you would be able to understand that because that is that commonplace, because that is that environment that you grew up in. Your family had ways of dealing with things and that was it. 
So you're not going to know the impact on other people. And this is kind of what we were talking about earlier. When people impact us, how do we respond to the situation? So, you know, you have different ways of, of being, communicating and talking what you have going on. You have being passive, yeah. which we do very often. <laughs> yes, we do. You know, we, we don't want confrontation. We yeah. don't want to upset the apple cart. Yeah. So we're going to be passive with our responses. Then you have me in the breakdown, the aggressive, you know, the anger, the rage coming out in such a way. And then, of course, you have that, you know, in between passive aggressive where it's the underlying remark or comment with a, you know, manipulative thought process, you know, or pattern behind it. But you're not going to realize how you're affecting other people if they don't communicate to you. And I recognize the difference in you and how you handle the situations. And even the correction midstream, (laughs) we can change how we handle ourselves. It's not like that old, old dog can't learn new tricks. Yes, we can yeah, when I we communicate with, with ourselves. Yeah, definitely. Like the the old, you know, can't teach old dog new tricks. Like you know, that's been around since we were, you know, kids. And I think you know, for me and my family, like looking, you know, around, like we didn't have a lot of power as children mm. back in the seventies yeah. and eighties. You know, like children were supposed to be, you know, seen and not heard. And that idea, and especially you and I growing up in the Catholicism, you know, yeah. and I'm sure plenty of people could relate there. Um, and that was our idea of community, you know. And as a child, you're just supposed to be quiet and listen yeah. to your elders, you know. So it took all of our power away. And it yeah. doesn't even make any sense to me now when I think about it, yeah. you know. I think that that definitely shaped um, a lot of us to be yeah. in that place, right, to kind of constantly abandon ourselves because yeah. um, that's yeah. what we were taught Yeah. as children. And I know now is like, you know, constantly, you know, delving into the research of being a conscious grandma, you know, I've learned so much, so much about communication, not just to be a good grandma, but, you know, to be a better communicator with all, it's like, as I've been doing this, you know, research into, you know, um, the idea of wanting to be such a good grandma, I've learned you know, how to even communicate better with you. I know you probably yeah. remember me bringing up plenty of times like, oh, look and at this thing I've read. And, now, I, and you I, know. Love that. Yeah. I love that communication because you're, you're finding these things and it makes so much sense to me. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's so much out there to read and to understand that can make us better communicators, that yeah. can make us better, you know, you know people. Yeah. But that betters our relationships. And it's just so unbelievable you know like the idea of all of these things that we were taught when we were younger you know and and just i think being open to the fact that we knew we weren't taught right has given us the ability to let go of that ego right that we're not right that we're open for change that we've Mm -hmm. admitted and know that we didn't learn the right way you know and that's so huge and that's all it really takes is just that open mind that you know you have to do something different and how much we've learned and you know the biggest thing that has come up um you know as of recently with you know learning the communication and um you know something that kind of like took my breath away as i was you know reading about you know, the different ways to um, interact with, you know, grandchildren and the importance of, you know, being conscious grandma was withholding the love. Mm-hmm. And I remember when this came up and it was like that aha moment. I'm like, oh, you know, took my breath away, you yeah. know, and it makes so much sense. And, you know, I'm 
you know, learn as I'm learning that and learning how to connect when there's tantrums or connect yeah. when there's, you know, these ideas and, you know, while allowing, you know, the grandchild to continue to have the power and be heard and be seen and not withhold a love, I'm realizing, man, this is what I've been doing my whole life. Yeah. Man, I do I do this with Tim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because this is the way I was raised. I was raised in a way that the love was always being withheld from me. Of course, and then realizing that I did it with my own children, you know, yeah. who are all adults and you know, that, that heartbreak of that realization that, you know, the only thing I can do now is to turn it around and learn, you yeah. know, the better way. Um, and now, you know, getting into that practice of being really conscious of it, you know, with you and I, um, it has made such a difference. It has made such yeah. a difference in me, you know, in the way I feel. You know, and I think it is so important, you know, that that whole part that you just got done saying is is that radical accountability, that truthfulness, that honesty of understanding, letting go of ego. Yeah. Our way isn't the only way. And there might be a better process out there. But if we're not going to be truthful with ourselves to recognize yeah. that change isn't going to take place. Yeah. If we constantly go on the aspect of thinking that we know it all, we have the answers, yeah. that there's no better way, you're not going to be able to be open to receive new thought processes. Yeah. And that is that is part of it because we, we have instilled in us genetic trauma. We have learned from our parents. We have learned from our environment certain ways. And it is that fact of being open to realize that there is more out there. Question everything. Question yeah. everything. That's what yeah. I was thinking. I love, and that's Question huge. Everything. It's huge. You know, it might. Th- so we'll, you know, we'll go back to you know our parents telling us if somebody puts sugar in your gas tank that you know your car is going to blow up. <laughs> you know, next week. You know, and then oh, we're like, so many well, why are we doing this? And we, we did the apart. research, and yeah. it's like, um, no, that's a fallacy. Yeah. You know, that's just a, a way that our parents were brought up and taught. Yeah. You know, it's funny because what what I'm thinking about is you know being around different people and you know the feelings that I get inside and you know one thing that we were talking about this morning is how when you have said to me you know hey can you take a look at this you know this is how it makes me feel it has always made me feel safe yeah right like you just bringing to my attention you know my behavior has made me feel safe and it's you know it's made me feel good and um, when I'm around people who are very rigid, and sometimes even you, yeah. you know, when you have gotten into those places where you're yeah. you're feeling a little yes. rigid, where there's there's no room for movement, yeah. that is what makes me feel not safe. That yeah. is what makes me feel anxious, like an antsy. And that's pretty much every single relationship, you know, when people like you know, if you're having a conversation with somebody and somebody is really rigid in their stance, mm. that there's no room for movement, that you know, strength in, in that rigidity always makes me feel a little anxious. You know, what yeah. I've noticed is when I'm, you know, talking to people and, you know, like we have community now that yeah. we, you know, get together with certain people, you know, even just, you know, the, the more spiritual community when we do our sweat lodges and different things where you're around people a couple of times a year, you know, and you talk sometimes for hours and getting to know people, you know, this idea of people being open-minded and just listening and offering but like just with that very gentle yeah you know what i mean oh 
open, yeah. you know, not like, oh, this is exactly what it is and there's no yeah. movement. You know, that's what I've noticed, you know, is what makes me feel really comfortable. People being able to be open-minded and that is really the requirement for change, right? Absolutely. So Absolutely. the rigidity and the this is exactly <laughs> what it is and I'm exactly where I want to be and I know exactly who I am. That is what makes me You know, really... and it's so funny that you're saying that because as I'm listening to you, that rigidity, and this is how with different personality types, you become anxious. I become avoidant. I know. It's like, <laughs> I don't want to have confrontation. I don't want, it's yeah. like, I'll avoid the conversation. Yeah. I'll, I'll avoid that person. Yeah. If the rigidity yeah. is too much. Yes. Oh, and I, I definitely. And, it, and yeah. it's, it is that aspect of when there's that, you know, openness to listen to different people and hear, like you had said, you know, the sweat lodges, the men's groups that I've gone to. It's like when there is that openness, it's like, man, yeah. not only do I... I want to go more, but I want to participate more. And it's like, oh my God, I love that. I love hearing what you have to say. You know, you feel like you can learn and pick up so much Mm -hmm. and then you feel safe to put in your feelings and thoughts. And it it just is so tremendous. But that rigidity. There's such a difference, right? And the people like, you know, um, so many conversations that I have with people like, you know, my yoga community, you know, the women in my yoga community and how open and honest they can be about themselves, you know, and I always feel so safe in that place, you know, and it's like, yeah, but you know, and as I'm telling them that, you know, a lot of times what I'll hear is, yeah, but I'm literally telling you like I do this, 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 and like how immature is that and how, and I'm like, but this is you being open to your own self, you know, and being open and honest and vulnerable and sharing, you know, the stuff that, you know, you're working on or sharing the stuff that you're, you know, feeling that you're even openly communicating like this isn't something that I'm really loving about myself, you know, but then I go into other friendships and you know, and I have many, you know, yeah. all over the place on a spectrum that I work on. And, you know, as long as I can stick in there and handle it and I feel like I'm, you know, benefiting from it, that, you know, it's completely opposite that. It's people, you know, who are always, always, and I can depend on them for being very staunch, <laughs> you know, in their ways and in their views. And, you know, sometimes I feel like, you know, I'll be able to speak, you know, a little bit about, you know, my perspective. And I always try to keep it that way, you know, never try to keep it away. Like, this is the way it is. Yeah. This is the way my perspective is. And, you know, this is probably coming from the place of, you know, this about how I was raised or this that happened to me in my life. And this is just a different perspective, you know, that I want to share. And some of those people will be quiet. And listen, you know, more than anything else. So I think, you know, you still have the ability sometimes with people that are a little bit more strong in their conviction to listen. They might not be open to, you know, too much room yeah, (laughs) in movement there. But, you know, it's probably getting somewhere sometimes. Yeah, you know, and and I think that is that is it. And, you know, conversely. You know, when we're talking about different things to people, when we put out that rigidity, you know, people do have a tendency of shutting down. And it it is about how the communication comes across. Yeah. And I know, like, you know, so we'll we'll go back to Drew and Luke, you know, and we started talking to them about different things. And they would say how intimidated they were by me. Yeah. And I'm like, intimidated? For what? I I was, you know... (laughs) 
Oh boy. Okay. Maybe the rigidity was too much, and maybe the passions was very strong when because I because I said so. Yeah. Exactly. And it's taking like, okay. away their power. Yeah, yeah. I can see. But we were raised that it. way, right? Yes. So that's why we didn't see it. Exactly. You know, until we started to reparent. You know. And I felt that I was doing better than what my parents did <laughs> to course, me. So I'm like, it. all right, I think I yep. got this. Since I come to find out that I'm, you know, yeah, maybe a half a step less than my parents. Yeah. But but I'm still very rigid and very yeah. strong, and very staunch yeah. in my ways, yeah. which once again, now we're handing it down generational. Yeah. We're handing yeah. it down. So and that's I love you putting the, the conscious grandparent out now because yeah. we have Charlotte. And I've learned so much. It's you know, incredible. Yeah. I, it's, just, I love it. We want to pass that along to be a positive influence to say, yeah. Charlotte, you're having big feelings. Let's talk about these feelings. Exactly. And hear what you have to say. Not that, no sense crying over spilt milk, just move on, you know? <laughs> yeah, and it's really brought so much up for me, you know, that part about, you know, when I was I was really reading and really doing so much research in the, you know, the idea of when she does have these big feelings and, mm. you know, like say I have to correct the behavior. This was a big one for me. And it's hard for me because I don't want her to ever think she's doing anything wrong, but let's just say it becomes a little bit dangerous. And this yeah. has happened before where... You know, she's taken things like maybe that has batteries in it and tried to put it in the water. You know, like different things, you know, or she has put it in the water. (laughs) You know, different things that, you know, she needs that direction. She needs to feel safe that her adults, her people around her can show her, you know, the right way. So she's not breaking all her toys and she's not, you know. So there's that, there's that, um, you know, that fine line, that balance. But what I was noticing is, is she's super, super sensitive like me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, with me trying to correct her behavior, you know, she was really, she immediately, I mean, within like half a second, shut, starts to shut yeah. down. So, um, you know, so I was really delving in and trying to read. And, you know, the one thing that like just knocked me off my, you know, my seat was that if you connect before the correct oftentimes Mm. you won't even have to correct and i'm like whoa 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 whoa." and i just dealt in at that point and i couldn't believe how that is so important and we did i didn't do that with any of my kids like i you know you connect afterwards right after they've molded over it in their room after you make them you know force them yeah. to do after you withhold your love yeah. because now you're yeah. angry yeah. that they've done whatever that they've done and wow. they've disrespected and they've done this and they've done that and i'm going into like the older you know yeah you know ages you know some for the most part you know when you start to not look at them as that like innocent little child anymore but you know not making that connection and then yeah like I remember making the connection like way later after they come back from their room you know their room and they say oh you know I'm sorry well they just want to get out of punishment now yeah and you don't yeah, even, yeah you don't even talk about it you know so that connection comes after after yeah. the correction you know and your correction is this is wrong this yeah. is wrong and so it's ass backwards, yeah. totally ass backwards, yeah. you know, so that just had such an impact on me. And of course, you know, I, you know, wasn't raised in an environment where there was any connection or yeah. correction. There was literally yeah. neither. And that was terrible for me. I, I, I feel you. like I was, you know, like might as well have been in a wolf pack. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Because there wasn't any of that. Um, you know, my mother just didn't have that ability. She was, you know, a teenage mom and 
you know, had her own issues and one of 11 kids, the middle of 11 kids, and she just didn't get what she needed growing up at all. And I definitely understand that. And so her coping was just out there. You know, she obviously didn't have the skills. She, she didn't even have like, you know, really any, any parental guidance in her own life to show her, you know, she was, um, raised by her older siblings somewhat, I say raised, but really more like when you think about the 11 of them, almost like a wolf pack, you know, because there wasn't the ability to, um, you know, my grandfather working in the city all the way up until I was six years old, you know, I would only come home on the weekends and so there was no parenting going on. So she didn't have the ability to teach it to me. So without having any of the correction and having any of the connection, yeah. I really was starting from you know zero. And because what happened with me is that I, um, my anger stemmed a lot from the fact that I wasn't taught anything and the moral like all of these things that I ended up hurting harming myself as a you know an adolescent as a, as a young teenager and then a teenager and then becoming a mother at 16 so that anger fueled me into being yeah. super strict yeah yeah you know yeah. with my kids and that. like you need to do this and you need to do that mm-hmm. and like I, the the fear wow. of you know not letting yourself be treated like that and you know so there was that is what fueled me you know, so now I'm over correcting without any connection. Yeah. You know, and that is kind yeah. of how it went for me. So just, you know, learning, looking at the interactions that's going on with being a grandma and saying, you know, and always just mm-hmm. wanting to have kindness and, you know, of course, dealing with any feelings that come by um, and wanting Charlotte to have her voice, yeah. you know, as, you know, I want her to have her voice. I never want that voice to get shut down no matter what. But understanding also that when I'm around, I need to be able to, you know, communicate with, communicate, you know, communicate with her um, so that she doesn't harm, you know, herself, that she doesn't get hurt or she doesn't break her toys, you know, these types of things. Um, and understanding that, making that connection, but even, you're going to take it even, uh, you know, a step further, you know, that connect before you correct, yeah. you know, and this was you and I, it was just the other day when you had made a comment Let's to go. me. Do you see how and I mean, it is, it like is so can, huge yeah. because inside of me, it triggered me. Yeah. Here I am 50 years old and you're just passing a comment and it doesn't seem that, you know, bad, but inside of me, it triggered my mother's response, yeah. my mother's reaction. And, you know, yeah. my father's that being corrected as a yeah. child yep. and you you noticed it immediately yeah. and you said that exact statement connect before correct connect because before you correct. recognized the impact that it had on me yeah. and said wow yeah. you know and, and it is true it's like you 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 immediately it helps, right? 100% it helps it's even since we you and I have talked about it and had this conversation I feel like it's helped me a thousand times it goes back times. to the <laughs> aspect of the, of the quote that I just got done reading about the intimacy about the valuing of yeah. each other yeah. giving each other a voice it doesn't have to be just about that child you yeah. know that you know children ought to be seen and not yeah. heard children should have a voice yeah but just remember inside of self is that inner child yeah we need to have that voice yeah. so that we feel 
heard.、Mm-hmm. So we feel validated.、Yeah. So we feel that we matter. Yeah. And when、yeah. you connect with somebody before correcting,、yeah. it makes a huge impact on that person、yeah. and on yourself、yeah. because you're valuing the other person's. Relationship、yeah. to you, yes, and that's so important. Yes, that's you know? so huge, right? Yeah, it really is.、Yeah. And this is that part of you doing the research and and really hearing. You know, you <clears throat> there was the the post. It was、uh, you know about CPTSD, and it's the fact that we have these parts inside of us. Parts work. I love it. It's so、yeah. huge. You know that internal family system that、yeah. we have going inside of ourselves. And you know there are parts, coping mechanisms like your family,、yeah. that you had to. It was that wolf pack.、Yeah. You know, it's that recognizing and honoring the parts that are inside of you. Yeah. Some of them aren't that good. Yeah. Because of the fact that they were a survival mode. Completely. But the thing is, the more you communicate with self. Yeah. The yeah. more you can recognize those parts as they come out. So. I with never, honor and respect correct, and, co- and connection,、yes, right? Yes. So even with your own self, connecting with that part、yeah. instead of correcting yourself, like which I know, like you know, you can be very, very hard on yourself, yes, like just、absolutely. outwardly very hard on yourself, but turning that around, right, and saying、yeah. instead of correcting myself, I'm gonna connect with myself. You can literally do this work with your、yeah. own self, and that is when you connect, you have the compassion and understanding, and say. I know why that part's there、yeah. in my own self. Yeah, it is a developed coping、yeah. because I needed to survive as a child. Yeah, and then what you do is once you make that connection with yourself and that part, that say, you can say to yourself like, "This doesn't serve me anymore. Yeah, I really don't need it. It、yeah. was it was put there, I, but I respect it though. So that is where you take the shame and you turn、Correct. it to love and compassion for yourself. So this is where we become the loving parent. Yeah, to ourselves. Yeah, and. It it takes so much, Tim. Right, like the radical acceptance, the radical truth、yes. about yourself. Like looking、yeah. yourself in the mirror and、yes. taking that that part of you that you don't like. Now this is so hard,、yeah. right? So many、yeah. of us can't do this. Yeah, look ourselves in the mirror and say we don't love this about ourselves. So I'm just going to use the passive aggressiveness that I spoke with, you know, spoke about earlier. I don't love that about myself. I really don't at all. Yeah, it's terrible. I recognize in other people. I'm like, ooh, that makes、yeah. me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't want to make anybody feel that way. You know, but there's so much to it, right? So you have to accept this about yourself that you have developed a part that you don't love, and then just say this doesn't serve me anymore. Yeah. And then you know, do the work to turn it around. But when you do it with the correct, and you're shaming yourself. Oh yeah. I mean, forget、absolutely. it. Then there's a、absolutely. million other copings that、yeah. come to the surface, right? And just want to take over、All、those other parts,、triggers. those protective parts. Yeah. So、yeah. it's like you know we were talking about earlier. You know, you have the passive, you have the aggressive, you have the passive aggressive. For me, I don't like the the passivity that I have. Yeah. Because what happens is I suppress, I push away, I push、yeah. away, and then all of a sudden,、yes. there's that straw that breaks the camel's back.、Yeah. Bam! I'm aggressive. Yeah. And that's that part that really needs to be recognized. Where we need to have that communication with self to be able to recognize where we are, and there's so many different modalities that we need to use. Whether、yeah. it be cognitive behavioral therapy, you know, dialectical behavioral, therapy, all these different, you know, pathways. Parts work, polyvagal. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> know there's all. all these things where you,、yeah. you know, you use each one has its its part to be able to say, listen. 
If I'm passive all the time, I'm avoiding the situations that yeah. are impacting me and making me feel certain ways. Yeah, and it's coping That's not, too, right? it, it's not healthy. No. Because what happens is either we become passive aggressive or we become just blatantly aggressive. Yeah. We need to recognize what impacts us, what makes us feel certain ways and deal with those situations as they come up. And like we were talking about dealing with different people. Yeah. Here we go, not wanting <laughs> to have confrontation yeah, yeah. and not wanting to talk about things yeah. about how we're made to feel. Yeah. But if we keep stuffing those situations, what happens is we're either that person, yeah. exactly, yeah. that person does something and we're no longer going to abandon ourselves, yeah. you know. Then the protected part takes over and we become, yes. you know, not who we are, but now we're becoming this the, protected part of Those darker parts of yeah. ourselves that yeah. were there for survival mode yeah you know and and this is that thing that when we were talking about but it's almost like don't you feel like we force them out because we not mm-hmm. because we are abandoning ourselves yes. so those protective parts are like no if th- if you're gonna abandon yourself i'm gonna come out and protect you right now yeah right and really that protective part can it is unruly <laughs> yeah oh absolutely and created as a child so yeah. their their emotional you know intelligence is like as a, as a child that's so that inner be, child yeah, that, so that wants ourselves. to just strike out well i was just going to say this is going to lead us into our second part of the podcast um and we're going to talk about this a little bit more but we're going to take a really quick break all right all right so we'll be right back and we're back. You know, we were having our conversation this morning talking and it was just so intense and it was so wonderful. And we've done this so many times where we'll sit and we'll have conversations like, oh my God, why don't we just record this? You know, <laughs> but, but leading back into just before we took the break, we were talking about abandoning. And, you know, what happens so often is we do not we get passive we do not say things because we don't want to have confrontation we want to people please we don't want the people that we're with or around us to abandon us but in the same exact breath by doing that we're abandoning ourselves which is so unhealthy you know so we'll go back to the trip that we just got done doing and we were upstate and i was a little bit tired and it was you know we had a lot going on so i was taking a nap and you know we're sitting in the van and you're you're getting overheated and you're just hot and you're hot or we're driving in the car and i ask you you know jen how are you feeling is the temperature okay and you don't respond you don't give me that but it i say i'm fine yeah i'm fine i'm fine (laughs) no i'm not fine you know where you're feeling overheated or the ac's on and you're feeling cold and it seems crazy it's like i i feel like it's it's like it's it's embarrassing to admit yeah um that I am not able to just say, no, like I feel a little cold. Yeah, you know, and this or, is between you and I that have I know, so like much love for each other person, and would do anything. person who I have, yeah. you know, felt so safe with and done so much work and, you know, I'm abandoning myself. You know, I've thought about this so much, Tim, because I know this is what we've been talking a lot about lately um, and trying to figure it out and I really, really have been sitting with it some parts of me feel like it's it's habitual. Yeah. You know, it's it's yeah. so habitual that because it doesn't make sense to me when I think just the other day, you know, you, you had the AC on and and you're so um aware and sometimes more aware than you probably should be, right, of my experience and that's a whole yeah. other podcast. Yeah. We'll yeah. Have to talk about. <laughs> um and you know, 
you know, so I know that you are so attentive and so caring and you really care about my experience so much. Like, how does that in that moment when you say, you know, how are you feeling? Is the temperature okay? Something that you do say so often. And here I am. And now in that moment, I've had to revisit it. Right? Like, yeah. No, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. I don't want to take up space, you know? And it, and I'm sure wow. it had nothing to do with you or our relationship. I mean, because I think about it and it's like, how could I not feel safe <laughs> in that moment to say, no, I feel a little bit cold, right? And it went on for a while yeah. where I sat there and thought in my head, Jen, you feel cold. Your your feet feel cold. And if you remember, it was like, it was a good while before I said, I'm just going to turn this down yeah. a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, Like, what? Yeah. What? You know, and I've sat and thought about it. Like, why, 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 why? You know, wow. I think, I think, and I don't know, this is where my mind is open, that a lot of it has to do with habit. Um, yeah. I'd like to bring up something that also just happened, you know, recently with me and a friend. And this friend, who is such a wonderful, wonderful human being, just her own coping has this way of telling telling people what to do. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not in a way that you feel, you know, that they have any bad intention whatsoever. And I know it's it's also fairly common. I see this in quite a few people where they just that's where their coping ended up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Um, so I have a hard time speaking up, you know, I have a hard time saying like, you don't need to tell me what to do or you don't need to, you know, give me, um, you know, and it, and it really is telling what to do. There is no, oh, you could do this. Like that is sometimes, you know, and I can take that fairly easy, but it's just a straight out do this. Yeah. And you know, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. This is not, not my yeah. strong suit of yeah. taking my place. But so just recently, you know, we were, we were going out to lunch and it came up like, you know, what do you want to eat? Oh, anything you want. <laughs> and now this is after I'm just getting over a flare up of diverticulitis, you know, yeah. and having some major issues. And it was like my first time out in a while. And in my head, I'm thinking, oh, please don't pick, don't pick the Mexican, you know, place because it's a little bit spicy and and this is a place that I like on a regular day, right? Yeah. But why couldn't I speak up? And I remember my little inner voice screaming like, no, just say something. Just say you don't want to go there. And they went back and forth, back and forth. And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll just go here. And it was to the place that I really didn't want to go to because, you know. And I couldn't say anything. I couldn't say anything. Why? Like, I'm frozen. I'm frozen. Yeah. I'm frozen. And I shut down. And this does happen to me a lot. I think and we have talked about it in the past with, like, doctors and you know, my dentist where it's just like, I freeze in fear and I can't speak up for myself, even in a place where it doesn't make any sense whatsoever, Yeah. you know, and I have to take a look at the whole where, you know, um, I feel like it's, it's harder for me to speak up when, you know, and even when it's safe like that, where there was no reason for me to be able, you know, to not say, hey, could we not eat this? Like, so reasonable, you know, and this person is the most kindest, most loving person. Accommodating. Accommodating. Uh-huh. There's absolutely no reason for me to fear. And these are like, you know, the same thing with the doctors and it just even if they aren't, you know, totally nice, but they're in a position, you know, where I have, you know, my insurance is paying or I'm paying. There's no reason why I shouldn't be able to yeah. speak up for myself and I can't and I get this this frozen fear. Um, where I think it comes down to 
where I'm feeling, and maybe this is something for me to look at, where because this friendship is, even though I don't feel like I have to listen to what this person is telling me, they take that role. And I think that's similar, right, with a doctor telling you because they're coming from a position of, like, it's no longer peer-to-peer. You're feeling like this person is, like, a, you know, a parental figure where that is where we're being told what to do. Yeah. Right? And And my uncomfortability with that for all the reasons that I spoke about earlier, (laughs) you know, and in other podcasts where I had such a dysfunctional uh, upbringing where it was so unhealthy, it was so unnurturing, it was so... um, it was, you know, it was scary, you know. You know, I think it is. It, it's such a habitual response. It's it's a triggered response because that is that is all that we knew, you know. And I think you 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 said it, you know, saving space. Yeah. And it's so huge. We are so busy saving space for others mm-hmm. that we forget, yeah. or we abandon ourselves and we choose not to save the space for ourselves Yeah, and taking that back. Yeah. And I can, and it's a habitual pattern. 100%. Right? I mean, cause I try to pull yes. it apart Tim. like, it's yeah. not serving me. I know it's nope. not serving me. And there's some things that are so much easier for me yeah. to do. So you take a look at, you know, when I had the AC on or when you were going out to lunch, these are two things that impact you greatly. Your feet are cold <laughs> and you know, it's a negative impact on your body. You know, you just got done getting over the bat with that particular, and that that certain foods will impact you in a negative way, why wouldn't we? And this is with two people that love you, that care about you, and that are very accommodating. Yeah. It's habitual yeah. because it's just, it, it's there's no reason why you can't do that yeah. or why you shouldn't be able to do that. It is such a habitual response that you get into that mode of just the not saving space. The root is definitely fear. I mean, there's yeah. no doubt about yeah. it. And it's definitely the fear of abandonment, even when it doesn't yes. seem yeah. rational. Because, the yeah. you know, not the same day, but within the same time frame, probably the day after, um, that happened when I, you know, just totally froze in fear and couldn't just say, like, no, I don't want that. Or yeah. could we do this? Um, you know, the, a, 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 a interaction with the same person, you know, caused me, and it was a, a wonderful interaction with no issue. Um, and then when I got home and I thought about some of the things that we were talking about, you know, I offered up my perspective of something. And this is something that we do very often. You know, we just talk, you know, because we walk and it went fine. There wasn't any negativity from it. But in my own mind, as I was going through, you know, my time and my conversation, and I know I shared this yep, with you yep, that yep, day, yep. I thought to myself, man, maybe this person isn't going to want to spend time with me anymore. Literally because I just opened up about where my perspective is coming from. And I felt really good, you know, yeah. about myself, about the interaction. It wasn't like I, you know, said anything or I don't go to that place of, of you know, telling somebody else you know, telling, telling her what to do. Um, just in the fact that I said, you know, this is, this is my perspective of the situation. And it, and I was totally honest. And I said, you know, this perspective is coming from a place of me being raised in an extremely dysfunctional, um, household, you know, and that is why I see it. You know, that is probably why, you know, my perspective is this. And it was taken fine, you know, but I still felt that way. Like, wow, maybe this person doesn't want to be my friend anymore. Spend time with me. So I definitely think that it comes from that fear. Um, And I and I I try to think about 
that with you being that we're so close in our interactions and that I still manage to abandon myself and it doesn't you know make any sense to me um do I fear you abandoning me on a on a good day I would say no to that on a good day I would say that I feel really secure in our relationship because we do so much work and we do get to be so honest with each other and I've never been so honest with any other human being in my life and here you still are loving me every day yeah you know, you've seen it all. You've seen the worst of me. And we've talked about some dark subjects inside yeah. of ourselves. And, and I that love is still I don't there. know. You know, I do feel that I am in a secure relationship with you. I do feel on my best day that I don't fear the abandonment. But I guess, Tim, you know, there are probably times that I don't connect with myself completely on a conscious level. And I do probably resort back to the older versions of myself or these parts of myself that are still feeling scared that are still feeling nervous that maybe you will abandon me i don't feel like it's on a completely conscious level i don't think it on a regular day you know that you're going to abandon me just in moments because in moments we do abandon each other you know and i understand that that is just part of our journey and is is normal um i'm using that word normal you know um i understand it i understand it rationally and i don't think it's you know the worst thing in the world or oh my gosh how could you like i understand that i have to do it sometimes because of whatever i'm going through and as soon as i have the capacity to come back together with you we do we've had a couple of podcasts on this like that reconnection when we have conflict or even if it's not conflict even if it's just that we are full that our window of tolerance is full because of everything else that we're dealing with whether it be you know sickness you know which i'm so chronically ill and that takes up a lot of my space or a you know a multitude of other things where you know we reconnect and then when you have your bouts of um, you know, needing to, I guess, let's just use the word abandon me in that moment where you yeah. can't be there for me. And in the beginning of the breakdown, you know, yeah. almost going on four years ago, I had, I was like, what is this? Because you had not done that yeah. at all for so many years. Yeah. And then really coming to that realization that I needed to just allow you to take that space for yourself yeah. and that we were going to reconnect and maybe... You know, it it definitely took a while, but understanding that that is the way it's going to be. I do feel like I feel fairly secure when Mm. it comes to our relationship. So if somebody was to ask me that question, do you feel secure in your relationship with Tim? I would say, yeah, and I think I've said that to you, right? But I guess, you know, there is still those parts of me that are scared and hurt and my inner child you know having the nervousness is that part of why i can't say to you yeah i feel a little cold when you literally ask me (laughs) you feel you know i don't 100 percent know or maybe it's that you know that part in me that's trying to you know protect me or that part in me that's trying to prove that you know um that you do love me, that I'm going to push you away, and that you're going to come back. I really, I don't know. That it's it's uh, what it's difficult I feel completely for me to understand it, but I love talking about it. It yeah, makes me feel no, good it makes to sense. Talk about you know, it's like as you're you're speaking, you know, CPTSD is what really is popping into my head. Yeah. And immediately as you're you're talking about the abandonment and the security and the insecurity, I'm thinking to the fact that. I grew up in an insecure household. Yeah. You know, where there was love that was being withheld. 
So now here I am, 50, and that inner child still has that feeling of insecurity. Even though I feel secure in our relationship, that fear of abandonment, that abandonment wound is huge. Yeah. And it's, it takes a lot of work to manage through the survival techniques that we've learned to be able to try and manage through life now. Yeah. But I feel that inside of me that I still feel that fear of abandonment. Even though our relationship, I feel, is very secure, yeah. it still triggers But you up. still abandon yourself I still yourself abandon myself, time. yeah. And yeah. I feel that that abandonment wound that I have from my parents withholding the love at different times, that, that still impacts me tremendously. Yeah. And then what happens is... You know, this is where my, my passiveness comes from, my aggressiveness comes from, you know, where it's a survival technique that I have so much fear yeah. inside of myself. So the root where, is fear. Correct. The root is fear. Yeah. You know, it's like you'll say something and it'll be a trigger inside of me. And the next thing you know, I'm either abandoning myself or I'm pushing you away on the fact that I'm going to abandon, you know, not abandon you, but push you away so I because of have the, the control yeah. because of the fear, yeah. you know. And that, I'm glad that you use that word control because I feel like it all comes down to control. Yeah. All of it. Like, even when I look at other people's interactions with me, you know, and the triggering in me and, and the biggest one, you know, is the I don't want to say the overbearing but when mm. when people tell me what to do or even give yeah. me the unsolicited advice yeah. and it's really really super triggering to me I mean when it's a stranger or just somebody on the street like it I can feel hostile inside yeah. I've worked on it a lot and yeah. it's definitely not as bad as it used to be because I've recognized it but yeah. this is a triggering and I know I just go back and I love the inner child it comes from me not feeling like I'm in control yeah so somebody else trying to take over you know what that that what brings me is that hike that we were on. Oh and that yeah! I tried telling yeah. you that the trail was closed. Oh, I know, and I was. Like, that was exactly what came into my head yeah. as I was saying that, and it was really that was a moment that affected me. You know yeah. that really, you know, I've gone back to. This is just some random person. So it does come down to control. Yeah. You know. So when I have these friends now, I have friends that are aggressive in their communication even the kindest aggression right? yeah 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 and then i have friends that are passive um in their communications and in their ways and i mean really funny enough my two closest friends are almost exact opposites yeah. you know so i think about that and the triggering it is to me yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely right? i can see that and it really comes down to the control yeah you know, all of us as humans are trying to maintain the control in ourselves to feel, and this is the word, this is the word, safe. Yeah. This yeah. is the word. Safe. It all comes down to safe. So in the moment of yeah. me, you asking Man. me, do you feel cold? My little inner child does not feel safe to take my space. Yeah. You know, and this has literally nothing to do with you at all. No. And it usually no. doesn't have anything to do with the other person. You know, this person who I'm so close friends with saying, you know, where do you want to eat? Oh, wherever wherever I could not take my space I could not take my space so this is my little inner child screaming you know you 
don't feel safe because of that habitual pattern of continuing to abandon myself because I'm scared. Yeah. Man. Going on 50 years old. Man. <laughs> I'm scared you know, to take my space because as a child, we're just abandoned over and over yeah. and over again by our parents. And, you know, sometimes, you know, there's such a spectrum, you know, with growing up in dysfunctional households. Um, and it's just always unique, you know, in the different ways. And even each child dealing with it differently yeah. because, you know, if a child is. Um, sensitive, you're going to have a completely different experience than, you know, the child and not like we were talking recently, you know, me and a friend about, you know, a household of, of six, six children. And one of the children was so super sensitive and has struggled their whole life. And the other ones are okay. (laughs) You know, all of them made it out. Okay. Why does this one, you know, when I said, well, in my opinion, this one child, probably super, super sensitive, dealing with everything different, seeing everything different. And also the aspect that sometimes that happens in families where one person carries the generational trauma for the whole family. And that is really hard. Mm. You know, I definitely feel like in my situation, I carry a lot of the generational trauma, um, the super, super sensitivity, you know, I have that as well that I can connect with. And just the fact that I, I cannot remember a time that I didn't want to be a cycle breaker. And that's another thing that we carry, you know, like you and I first meeting and saying, we wanted to make change. We wanted to be better. Yeah. Right. Not everybody has that, you know, and maybe people can sometimes get that when they're older, you know, um, where they don't have it their whole life. But I feel like that's been with me my whole life. So, yeah. You know, there's all of those aspects to take into consideration when you look at why certain people have, I don't want to say a heavier burden, but a different burden. And maybe, you know, it's hard to understand those people's, you know, issues compared to, say, their siblings who don't have the same, um, you know, but I see that same pattern over and over and over again. I think it's just complex when you break it down of why it happens that way. Absolutely. You know, it's like I, as I'm listening to you, it's, you know, for me, you and I, we had different households. I had the overbearing parents, you had the underbearing parents, but there's an equality in us with the authority and with the, um, control. Yeah. You know, there's times that we want the control, but then there's other times that we don't want to take our space and take control. Yeah. And it's like that that push pull scenario. Yep. And you know this goes back to the communication with self. Yeah. Where we need to be in the know of what we're feeling and what's going on. The more in touch with ourselves that we are. Yeah, this is a great point. Better <laughs> that we could give point. to the people around us. And think about how mindfulness, the, right? Getting present, getting grounded. Think about the relationships. If we're mindful about ourselves and what we want, we can convey that to the people that are yeah. around us. Yeah. The less passive aggressive, yeah. the less aggressive, yeah. the less passive, yeah. the more information that we can give. Yeah. Once again, key statement, knowledge is power. Yeah. 
If we're not knowledgeable about our wants and our needs, we can't convey that to the people that are around us. Mm. And no matter which way you look at it, it impacts the relationship and how we deal with each other. Because your friends don't even know that you're going to a place that you don't want to go. I don't even know that you're cold and your feet are cold. Because you're not expressing that feeling. Yeah, this is so huge. I was just, as you were speaking, I was thinking about boundaries and feeling Mm. safe and going back to the conscious grandparenting and you know knowing that we need to teach these little ones the parameters and the boundaries and that that's actually going to make her feel safe she is going to feel safe when I can connect with her and show her the boundaries right so this this is such a complex issue when it comes to learning this older because we weren't taught it as children and then you and I being able to get in touch with that and teach it to each other yeah right so I think we've definitely talked about this on past podcasts but being able to communicate our needs has been very hard for you yeah because you haven't been able to get in touch with those needs. You yeah. were abandoning yourself from yeah. day one, you know, yeah. because you had that overbearing. So for me, I was overly needy because I had so many needs because yeah. I was able to, you know, connect with the needs that I was constantly never, you know, being met. And I was screaming them out because there was nothing, you know, being given to me. So this is how I learned it in the opposite direction. And we have said so many times that that was a big, you know, probably overall, you know, that purpose that we were brought together and so many things that we could, you know, see the other side of the spectrum in each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And how. It's been helpful for us when we've been able to be open about it and share it. Absolutely, You know, and it's taken some time to get there. But, you know, really being open and understanding each other's, you know, feelings. Um, But that's definitely been a big part of our communication, right? Like, I want you to tell me your needs because these boundaries are going to make me feel safe. Yeah. And you have a hard time communicating those needs, going back to communication, because you're still working on connecting with yourself. Yeah. You know, not having that ability as a child, just being so over, you know, protected, so over, like, this is it. And the rigidity and the strictness of that. And, um, and then even touching on the fact that you've passed some of those things down to your, your children and now they're looking at you a little bit lost Yeah. and then making that reconnection. Yeah. You know, think about the empowerment that you give to yourself when you communicate your needs appropriately and you can pass it along, not just to yourself, but to the people that are around you, you know, because inherently, you know, people want to be of benefit. You know, they, they, they want to give, I, I, that's my own personal feelings that, you know, for the most part, there is like that nurturing inside of us, um, that goes along with the fact of, you know, being accepted and, and, you know, caring, you know, I love that feeling inside of self. One, when I feel cared about. When somebody asks me questions and then the next time that I see them, they'll reiterate or they'll say, how did you make out with that? Yes. And in the very next breath, I feel good when I can give the same to someone else. Yeah. So it's like that fact that it just, it's that part of empowerment, giving people the ability to understand and know you. That's what friendship is about. Mm -hmm. That's what communication is about. That 
intimacy, yeah. that valuing of other people. Okay, next podcast is on friendship. Because yeah. that was one thing yeah. that we've been talking about so much lately, right? Yeah. That we wanted to do something about friendship and making friends, making friends as an adult. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be starting a women's group, and that was the first thing that came into my mind after mulling over it for so long. What would I do? What would I do? What could I do this first one on? And it's friendships. Friendship. Making friends Huge. as adults. It comes up over and over and yeah. over again as I speak with people, you know, my own age. I like that. That's that's awesome. And yeah. and it is it's hard. Because you and I really struggling to make friendships. Of course, once again coming from totally opposite ends of the spectrum yes. where you didn't yep. have the ability to make friendships. Yeah. Where friendships were my entire life. They were my family because I didn't have it. Yeah. You know, I didn't have that connection with my family. So um but then coming to the realization, you know, when I was in my late thirties, that every friendship I had was built on that version of myself that yeah. was completely immature, completely dysfunctional. And now I have this awakening and I've come to this conclusion that I was so asleep and I was so, you know, dysfunctional in my relationships, you know, for so long and wanting to make that difference and knowing that I needed to do it. And as I started to guess what? Put a boundary out there. Something so simple like you can't treat me that way. Yeah. That, you know, eight times of putting me off when you tell me you're going to do something or making me wait for hours and hours yeah. and like just keep, you know, that this is, you know, this isn't acceptable to me. And then all of a sudden the friendship's gone. Yeah. Another really close friendship, my longest friendship where I was saying, listen, I need to create a boundary. You cannot do that you cannot put me in the middle of something that I don't belong and this yeah. was had to do with your son yeah. my my stepson and their daughter yeah. you know and having that relationship and just that seems to me such a rational boundary right yeah. don't put me in the middle I don't want to be there and then just continuing Trampled. to do tr- you know over and over and over again where it became like okay this this is not acceptable to me your yeah. behavior is not acceptable to me um you know so here I have these friendships, these really, you know, strong friendships, even my best friendship that ended, you know, that I was so close with, you know, for over 10 years. And it was pretty much like my plus one, my everything, you know, and, and, you know, being that my ex-husband and I didn't have that friendship at all, you know, coming from a teenage place. And, um, so, and that friendship ending, because now I am displaying healthy behavior where I'm saying like, no, I'm not comfortable with this yeah oh we've grown apart you know so here it's like you know me growing maturing and just putting out just simple basic things that were you know healthy and yeah you know so rooted in good intention now these friendships are over so how do you make friends healthy friendships as an adult it has been a journey yeah (laughs) and you know it is it is that part of you know communicating you know how much do you divulge how much do you give out how Mm. personal you become at what level does it change oh my god that was such a famous thing for me and then you know it is that fear factor that you know is this person actual is there a reality base because that fear of them taking that information and using it against you comes down to fear i didn't give you that right yeah you know and it's like a lot of people take things for granted but it is that aspect of recognizing we're understanding what we have going on inside of ourselves and when we do communicate with people we have to recognize that their communication is coming from what they've learned and they're coping and they're yeah yeah. and it's you know there's this quote i'm gonna have to pull it out because it was really good um and we'll use it for the next podcast when we talk about friendships 
but it basically had something to do with, you know, when you know so much about psychology that you don't get mad at the other person because you can actually see where it's coming yeah. from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a crazy, I, you know, 100% I but I think that, that happens to me a lot now because I've done so much, um, work on myself that I can actually yeah. see it in other people, but we just have to make sure, even know that that that's happening, that we honor our own stuff yeah, and the other person's having, at the same time. Having compassion and empathy for other people for what they've been through in life is important, but still but speaking up for yourself and your experience, right? It's that feeling of self yeah. and empowering ourselves yeah. leading into relationships. Well, we're going to have to definitely have a follow-up podcast for oh, this one to see are. how far we're going to come in our journey of taking our space and being assertive with our needs um as much as i feel like i've come so far i feel like i have so far to go yeah you i can know, understand so far that. to go but um but it makes me feel good and safe to be able to talk about it and to be able to come here yeah. and meet up and talk to you about it yeah um, i'm so glad that we got back and did our podcast and me too let's try to keep this up and do do the one next week on friendships um you know I have yeah. so much to say about that, so much. Oh, I absolutely, and I agree. And I think we have come really far to be able to, you know, communicate this and be able to keep it going. And I know I feel good about it. Like I've expressed in the previous podcasts that when I went through my breakdown, the podcast meant so much to me yeah. when I was listening to them. Yeah. And now being able to be part of them, being able to express myself, it's just that taking my power, It it's it's important for me to make this happen as well. And I feel so good when I can express what I have going on, what I've experienced, what I've learned and understanding that I still need to learn. Yeah. And that feels good. Yeah. And it feels really, really empowering to me to be able to grow, to heal and to build our relationship. Yeah. Definitely. And for me, it's like finding the level of safety in self. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, That I never had as a child. Saving space for self so that you can feel safe. And the safer I feel, the more empowered I feel. The more I can take my space. And then the better I feel about myself, my relationships. I can get on board and understand that. Constantly healing. Thank you yeah. for joining us yeah. for our podcast, A Relationship, Healing from Childhood Trauma. And we'll talk real soon. Bye. Thank you for joining us. Jen and I look forward to sharing more of our healing journey with you.